Blog Talk Radio.
the listener. It's it's the the sponsors for the show. It's all of you that have come collectively together to create this beautiful, funny, insane, off the chain show. There's two ways, ladies and gentlemen, you can get on the show. One, you can come on as a guest, or two, you can become a sponsor. Or if you really get adventuresome, you can do both. You can be a guest and a sponsor. Contact me at offthechainradio at yahoo.com, and I will tell you how to do both. Or you can contact me on my Facebook page, either by messenger or, or send a post or carrier pigeon. I don't care. Just contact me, and I'll tell you how to do all this. Because we are now heard in over 200 countries with all the podcasts we have after the show goes into archives, and we're at a 250,000 listening base. We're heard on iTunes and YouTube, FM.com, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio on two podcasts there. We are heard on Podcast Garden. We're heard on Podcast.com. We're heard on Reverb Nation. And we're also heard on some third-party podcast that someone else uploaded this pot, this show to, which makes me very happy. So there you have it. Now, before we get started with our wonderful, wonderful guest, who's hysterically funny, I want to welcome a new sponsor to the show. These guys were on the show back before Christmas. They are four guys from the mountains, and when I say mountains, I mean mountains of Pennsylvania. They are way up back in the mountains. George, Sandy, Dave, and Ed, they are called Dirt Road Sunset. They have a songs available to purchase on iTunes, Reverb Nation, Amazon, CD Baby, and all proceeds from these sales go to support breast cancer, Children's Hospital, Disabled American Veterans, and CERT, Training of Canine Search and Rescue and Service Dogs. Ladies and gentlemen, these men are, are, they've been friends for over 40 years, and they are absolutely wonderful, wonderful musicians. So support them, Dirt Road Sunset. Now, most of you all know that last night, because today is Thursday, author Jay Traveler Pelton was on the show, and we talked about her books, and boy, has she been busy. At the end of December, she released The Importance of Family, and it is back with all the political intrigue, hard science fiction, and adventure that Traveler's fans have come to expect from her tales. In book eight of the generations of the Oberlin family chronicles, Noah, Violet, Kai, Zanya, Jasmine, Scott, Gabriel, Katrana, and their families chase through the world, pitting their family's resources, intellect, and espionage network against the Brotherhood, erecting protect, protective domes all over their safe houses and laboratories as they are labeled traitors and the military is sent to take them into custody. As the planet's plant life dies from the sickened water, the mutations spread throughout the animal kingdom. The Oberlins are made the scapegoats for all the world's problems. When Micah and Alexander are kidnapped, Noel has to call in help from all the worldwide family to bring them home. As the family worldwide retreat to the domes, they wonder if they will hold through military bombardment. Well, the Earth survivor has the destruction of the environment and the population plummet gone too far to recover. Will only the people of the domes make it to the next millennium? Hmm, good question. This book and all of her books, Traveler's Books, are available on Amazon. Just type in J. Traveler Pelton and you will be taken to her page. Have a look, download some for yourself to enjoy on all those cold, dark, and long winter afternoons when you just want to stay in. Don't forget to leave her reviews. We as indie authors love reviews, good, better, and different. 
You can also visit Traveler on her webpage, travelerpelton.com. Diane Mote has been with me for a very, very long time. I absolutely adore her. She has a series of books called the Sam Holden Series. The third in the book in the series is now out, and it is called Dog Bones. And it goes like this. Sam's quest to avenge abused animals is threatened when the FBI comes after her on one side and the commissioner wants her dead on the other. Will her double life be exposed? Will she be able to protect the animals, her friends, and herself? Check out Dog Bones by Diane Mode everywhere ebooks are sold. And if you haven't yet started the series, ladies and gentlemen, be sure to check with Dog Gone by Diane Mode on Amazon. Now to my guest tonight. She has been on my show before. She is one funny, funny, funny woman. I could just sit. Why she doesn't have her own TV show is beyond me. She's also an author. Her name is Amy Lyle, and she is an author, comedian, actor, and screenwriter, and she grew up in Marion, Ohio, which is in the heart of Appalachia, known for a population that is partial to moonshine and prone to acts of violence. Remember the Hatfields and McCoys. Obsessed with comedians and comedic writers such as Jenny Lawson, Timmy Faye, Carrie Fisher, Kristen Wiig, Amy Polier, Joan Rivers, Ellen DeGeneres, Chelsea Handler, Wendy Williams, Mitch Hedberg, Wanda Sykes, Chris Rock, Kevin Hart, Will Ferrell, Carol Burnett, Lucia Ball, and Roseanne Barr, who is my absolute favorite, she developed a winning style that is self-depreciating, hilarious, and slightly neurotic. Amy has self-diagnosed herself with many conditions, including... OCD. No, not the OCD you think. Uncontrollable reoccurring thoughts facilitating from cleaning to running away. Misphonia, having intense angry reactions to lip smacking, Tourette's syndrome, yelling out random words, sedate phobia, find silence vexing and scary, uh, apraxia, Difficulty pronouncing words and IBS, irritable syndrome. She's taken many, many, many natural herbal supplements. Amy and her second husband, Peter, are having many issues raising their four teenagers and her large dog together in the suburbs of North Atlanta. Amy, my darling, welcome. Thank you for coming on to the show. Thank you for having me on the show a half an hour late since I lost the phone number. I'm like, I do have two books about failures, so I know you're not, you weren't surprised. You were so cool. Well, you're like, that's okay. And I look at it this way. If we can't laugh at ourselves, number one, we will never be amused. And number two, other people will laugh at us. So why don't we just steal their thunder and do it for them? Well, you are very gracious. Thank you for having me again. So fun. It, we, we do have fun on this show. Ladies and gentlemen, I called her. Because uh, she kindly sent me her phone number, and the the show that was supposed to play at nine o'clock it 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 died when when nobody called in. So I said, "Well, I tell you what, we'll do. We'll just reschedule it for nine thirty. It's no big deal." So the the description that you see will be changed because I had to throw something up there to get the show up and running. And I have updated pictures, and I'll make it all pretty again before we send it out into the netherworld. But this is what she sent me in her email. She said, when the first book, The Book of Failures, was released, I would post a Friday fail once a week. 
People would share the post, and all of a sudden I had hundreds of hilarious stories from other people. I would ask all of my family and friends, even complete strangers in the grocery store, I'm writing a book on funny failures. Do you have any stories you can share with me? I ended up with 60,000 words, which we edited down to around 40,000, which is 240 pages, which to me is a short book. A live alpaca was at the cover photo shoot and is featured on the cover. Is the mascot to the book. His name is Santiago. I recently was in a movie short, The Interviewers, that won Best Comedy at the Franklin International Film Festival, Film Festival, and her own screenplay is being made this fall. It's called Fake Mom and will be shot in Atlanta in New York City. My goodness, child. Oh, the new book hit number one in two categories when it was released. And we're all a mess. It's okay. A collection of funny essays and one-liners about the struggles of everyday life. Let's just start off right there. You ask complete stranger. Okay. Now, now, people, you have to understand, Amy. Amy does not have a shabone in her body. <laughs> so That's true. Let's, I don't really have let's a shabone. Let's just go. You, you, in the grocery store, you ask complete strangers about. I would ask anyone. I would ask the mailman. I would ask anyone, do you have a funny failure that you can share with me? And um, sometimes they would share them and, you know, sometimes they wouldn't. But luckily enough people shared that, you know, I could make, uh, you know, we're all a mess, it's okay. And they're so funny and I, you know, I put them in categories. So it's kind of like dating disasters, you know, vacations that went wrong, uh, you know, my family's crazy, you know, crazy coworkers. Um, you know, I just collected them and then, you know, made uh, chapters out of each category. That is too funny. Only you could get away it's, with that. It's so funny. And I think, you know, it's been really well received. And I think people, you know, the world is so like false perfect, you know, everything is so filtered and everybody kind of, you know, shows on social media themselves on their best day. And it's like, I think that makes people depressed, to be honest with you. If they go on social media and it's like, here's my new car, here's our vacation home. Like that's, I mean, I'm happy for people, but like if you're just bombarded with that and, and that's not going on in your life, it can make you kind of sad. And so, you know, my books, the idea is like, oh, my gosh, you know, she understands me, or I've had that issue, too, or I've gone on the, you know, Internet date from hell, or I was almost murdered on a vacation, but I survived. You know, it makes people, it lifts them up. It makes them remember that we all make mistakes. And if you can live to tell the tale, then, you know, it's so funny. Not everything's funny, but with with a lot of time, most things are funny. Well, that and the fact that, People say, you know, life is hard, life is bad. Life is neither good nor bad. Life is life. It's how we approach it and how we deal with the things that happen in our life. Now, see, if I had known known this, I could have given you a really funny story. You've been following me. You know you know that, that I lost my husband in it for months. I was literally here at the house with him because I couldn't leave him. Mm-hmm. Well, the first, yes. I, the, he w- he was a JCI senator, so he made me promise I would stay active in the Senate. So the first meeting I went to after he died 
we were getting ready to leave, and the the gentleman that had taken care of his body and and taken care of the service for me is also a senator. Well, Jack had been cremated, so he brought me his ashes, and I had him in the room, and I was getting everything on a on a rolling cart to take out to a car, the car, and this friend of mine was helping me. And so I handed her this box. I didn't tell her what it was. I handed her this box. She says, what's this? I said, this is Jack. She says, oh, we have to put him here so he doesn't fall off because he'll be mad at us. <laughs> she even says, Jack. sometimes things in death, even that, you know, you found humor in that instead of being so serious. Oh, I honey, we laughed, I we, we, we laughed until I thought we both going to wet our pants. <laughs> yes, because he needed that relief. And Jack yeah, was, was probably that... laughing too. He probably got a kick out of that. He definitely would be laughing. Because <laughs> he'd say, you know what? I'm, you you two embarrassed me to tears. <laughs> That's, yes. I know. It's so funny because my first content editor for this book, um, you know, she she took like the big red marker over the whole book and she's like, why would anyone think that's funny? You know, it could be like a dating disaster or, you know, this one woman had a long-term relationship with an inmate, like literally a felon that she had met at inmates.com. And, oh, you know, Lord. he had had not swindled her or anything. He really only asked for like books and socks and, and it was like the perfect relationship. You know, she didn't, she knew where it was going, right? He was never getting out of jail. And, um, you know, he told her he had, like, some, some banking issues, where his banking issue was, you know, he's robbing the banks. But anyway, um, <laughs> you know, she's like, that's not funny. That's terrible. I'm like, no, it's not. No, it's not terrible. Like, she's getting out of this relationship what she wants, and he, you know, has a pen pal. Nobody's been hurt or anything. And um, there were so many things like that. Like, there was a story in there where um, a dog was, it was a fancy dinner party and they had the dog, you know, in the bedroom or whatever. And the guy's like, Oh, you have a dog, bring out your dog. And this guy's trying to get promoted. And it's like his, his boss and the president of the company. And they bring out the dog and the dog's fine. And then a little bit later, the president's like, Oh, there's something kind of, kind of hanging out of the dog. And the wife like grabbed a napkin and she started pulling here. He'd eaten pantyhose. The dog had eaten pantyhose and she's pulling and pulling and pulling and pulling. And it's, that's disgusting. It's gross. And everybody's quiet. And she's like, dessert. And everyone's like, no, 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 no. And, um, you know, and the guy ended up getting promoted and the dog was fine. And she was so like, that could have killed the dog. And I'm like, but it didn't kill the dog. And she's like, you can never pull something out of an animal. I'm like, well, I, I didn't know that. <laughs> so I put a disclaimer. I was like, I told the story in the book. And then I was like, Disclaimer, never pull out anything out of your dog or cat's bottom or any animal. Take it to the vet. I'm like, now we're educating people. But for some reason, I must have caught her in like a bad time of her life because she just, I don't know, she just wasn't on board. And I just disagree with her. I think given enough time, um, you know, most things can be funny given enough time. Oh, absolutely. Number one, we as we as human beings take life too seriously anyway. Yes. And we we take the things that happen in our even in death, things can be funny. Yes, they can be. 
I mean, you hate to say that, but even at a funeral, it can be funny sometimes. You're like, why is he wearing that tie? That has well, it's on Jack's it. service. Like, That's all we did was laugh, because he would have, he would have, he would have looked at every one of us and said, you know what? I really don't like you people anyway. <laughs> <laughs> why are you even here? Right. What are you doing here? But yeah, I think our world would be a happier place if people had the same uh, view that you have. That you can find humor and you know try to look for it. Look for the funny. Well, life's too short as it is, and if like I said earlier, if we can't laugh at ourselves. Other people will simply because that's the nature of human beings. They laugh at others to keep from seeing their own failures. So when we take away... I have actually used that as an ad on Amazon. I'm like, if you can't laugh at yourself, you can laugh at others. Other people's failures are funny. If you can't laugh at yourself, (laughs) start here. But you guaranteed you're probably going to see some of yourself in my book. You're probably going to be like, I've done that. Oh, that's happened to me. Yeah, and, and then maybe they could lighten up, maybe. I don't know. Didn't I always say people's shorts are too tight or their knickers are in a twist when, when they can't laugh? <laughs> Just get your knickers out of a twist and laugh. Get over yourself. You're not that important. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, let's let's talk about this alpaca. Before okay. the show, Santiago. you gave me the cliff notes, but now let's let's talk about why he wound up why? on the book. Okay, so the book cover, the front and the back, there's an alpaca. It is not photoshopped. It is a real alpaca that was in the studio with us. And um, what had happened is I'd had the studio booked, the studio time and my photographer booked for months, you know, and for you know to to do the cover of the book. And um, I just wanted, like, something funny, like some – but I couldn't put my finger on it, like, what I wanted the theme to be or – I just – I don't know. It just didn't come to me. And a couple of days, like Wednesday, I was on social media, and I saw a video of a therapy llama. And these people take these therapy llamas just like a therapy dog. Like, they'll take them to um, hospitals or senior citizen centers or wherever to cheer people up. They'll take these therapy llamas. And they dressed them up. It was hilarious. They dressed them up like if it was a holiday, you know, they might be, uh, you know, an Easter bunny or a pilgrim, whatever. And I thought that was so funny. And somebody commented on, on social media. They're like, Amy, you should get a llama for your photo shoot. And I was like, yes, I should. And so I started calling around. And that in itself was like, I wish I had my own reality show because it was so funny because people that own llama farms, it seemed to be an interesting breed of people on their own. Like that takes an interesting person. But anyway, um, there was some misunderstanding like, well, sure. Yeah. You can use a llama. And then they thought I was going to drive to them, you know? And I was like, no, that's not funny. I want the llama in the studio. And so some of them were like, well, these ain't no traveling llamas. You know, I ain't got no trailer, you know, whatever. And so I was like, God, I'm not going to get a llama. And then I was like, I'll take anything. I'll take a, you know, an ostrich or like baby goats. Like I just want something running around funny. So um, literally the night before Thursday, the night before the photo shoot, the photo shoot was at 10 o'clock in the morning Saturday. I mean Friday. This was Thursday. Friday was the photo shoot. Animal Casting Atlanta called me, and they said, we are headed to South Georgia for an Avengers movie, 
from North Georgia, we go right by your studio. Well, it's not my studio, the studio, and we would we'll come in for 15 minutes. And I was like, yes. So they came in. They had a Wrangler, like a you know alpaca Wrangler. She was lovely, and um, it was very expensive. Like alpacas get like Stormy Daniel rates. Like they're really pricey. But anyway, they they ended up staying for like an hour, and um, we got all these funny shots and videos with the alpaca. Then we decided to take a real shot, a real shot of that particular alpaca, and we we bought this um, app that makes its mouth move. It looks like the alpaca is talking, and so that's what we're using on social media to promote the book as a mascot for uh, We're All Mess Okay. And he says all this funny stuff. Like at Christmas, he was like, and he sounds uh, South American. He's like, Merry, Merry Christmas, Matt. Wait, you're Jewish? Oh, it's okay. Happy Hanukkah to you. And then he's like, buy me the book. Like, it's so funny. And then we're trying to get on Ellen to promote the book. And so we have the alpaca. He's like, Ellen, Ellen, Ellen. <laughs> You've got to put that up on my page. You have to. I will. To. I will put it. I will put I'll pick one and put it up there. And he does remember on social media when there, there was that funny, funny um, video with a little boy and he was, he was talking to his mother, and her name was Linda, and he's like, listen, Linda, Linda, Linda. Yeah. So the alpaca does that. He's like, Linda, listen, Linda, buy this book. It's so funny. And um, anyway, it's been so fun, and, uh, you know, you're an author. I'm an author. You interview a lot of authors. You cannot put on social media, buy my book, buy my book, buy my book. People will not follow you. So you got to be careful right. of a balance of how you do that. And so I thought this was a fun way to introduce a lot of the stories, you know, he talks about the stories, which is, you know, really funny. And then he also sings songs, you know, he does all kinds of, he does whatever he wanted oh to do. Oh, my word. So it's been so fun. Funny. And then the chapters, I know and there's, a, there's a picture of him, you know, all the chapters have a picture of him. And then there's like a bubble, like a quote bubble. And it has like a funny, you know, quote in it. And that, you know, it's like travel failures and it has a funny quote. And um, so anyway, it's been it's been really fun, and it was a combination of like my daughter's Spanish teacher is married to a voiceover guy, Chris Corzo. He's from Atlanta, and uh, my neighbor is a PR person, and it was just like the idea came together. It was anyway, it's been so fun. But that's well, why there's we, an alpaca on the cover. <laughs> well, I can't wait to see him in in his element going, Linda, Linda, Linda. Linda, Linda. You say Linda, Linda. Okay, I'll, I'll load that, that one tomorrow and I'll tag you. That's going to be hysterical. <laughs> Let's take a quick break because when we come back, we're going to talk about the the screenplay and have this out. I mean, you're just exploding, my friend. You're just exploding. Ladies and gentlemen, yes, this is a special edition of Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with the lovely, lovely, lovely author, comedian, screenplay writer, businesswoman extraordinary, Amy Lyle, and we will be right back. Best-selling and award-winning author of true crime and crime fiction, Yvonne Mason is back with a brand new book, The Pink Canary, a book that delves into the life of a drag queen and a marvelous whodunit. You can find this and all of Yvonne's other works on Amazon.com or find Yvonne Mason on Facebook and Twitter. You're going to kill me. Buy your copy of Pink Canary now. 
Do you have cougars on your porch swing? Are horses your new best friend? Do your nicest shoes get buried knee-deep in snow as your toes turn blue? Are you bothered by wolves at your woodpile? No, not that kind of wolf. Join wildlife artist and author Nancy Quinn and her family as they discover an exciting new life in Go West, Young Woman, a true Montana adventure. Available online and in bookstores. Or visit quinnwildlifeart.com for a personalized signed copy. Critics agree. It's a hoot. Germany, 1938. Charlotte, a young girl of 15, wanders into Georg's cobbler's shop to have her shoes repaired. Georg, enamored by Charlotte's charm and grace, decides then and there that he's going to marry her. But they must keep their love a secret from family, friends, and, most importantly, the Nazis. Follow along as Georg's pursuit of the young Charlotte results in the couple traveling a heart-stopping, winding route to stay one step ahead of the Gestapo in their escape from Nazi Germany, with a surprising twist along the way. If you like history and romance, don't miss Good Things Always Happen in Springtime by Joanne Fisher, available at www.joannesbooks.com. Juliana is a middle-aged housewife in Toronto with a career, a husband, that has little interest in her well-being, and three children. In the evenings, she gets on her computer and chats with people around the world. When she gets involved with Aaron and Bobby, her life becomes a pinball, bouncing around her husband, her job, her children, and her two online friends. She's bewitched by the romantic poetry of Aaron but the honesty and kindness of Bobby bring her all the way to California. Watch for the ironic twist of fate that takes her in a direction she never expected. If you like spicy romances, don't miss With All of Me by Joanne Fisher, available at www.joannesbooks.com. Fiore is a young Italian woman engaged to be married but her plans are interrupted by a charismatic Sebastian, a handsome middle-aged Spanish businessman. Her beauty strikes him like a thunderbolt sent by the goddess Venus herself. When she's given a peculiar gift, a Spanish doll, she's thrown into a whirlwind of entangled passion, money, secrets, and love. Their romance sparks in a charming little Italian town located on the southern part of Lake Garda in northern Italy and takes them around the globe. What happens when her life is suddenly shattered by a lifelong secret? Her Spanish doll will bring you to a caliente Spain and a romantic Italy, adding some spice along the way. Available at www.joannesbooks.com. And we are back. This is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my guest, author, comedian, and screenplay writer extraordinaire, Amy Lyle. Okay, let's let's talk about your screenplay. All right. The screenplay, for those people that are creative out there and trying to get a movie made, has been in the works for seven years. 
So seven years I wrote it, and I wrote it under the mentorship of this guy named Rodney Henson, and he um, vetted films for Disney back, you know, for like a decade, and then he was uh, an executive for like Salesforce.com or something. Anyway, so I would send him the film. He would send me notes. I would update the film, and then he would, you know, be traveling and knock it back to me for six months. Like he had a real, you know, real job. So it took a long time to get, you know, edited or whatever. And then um, then you have to match up, like if you want a producer, you have to get on their schedule because uh, the producer that I wanted had projects lined up for months and months and months, actually, you know, well over a year. And so finally got on her calendar and um, to even to get to that point, to get like an entertainment attorney back seven years ago, um, they said, I won't represent you. You're no one. You don't have any money. You can't just waltz into to Hollywood. You have to write a book. And so that's how I ended up writing a book because he's like, you need to write a book. And when they search Amy Lyle, you search Amy Lyle, your name better come up. You need to get a lot of press. And um, – uh-huh. So I took that very seriously, and I wrote, you know, I wrote the book of failures, and then, you know, within, you know, about a year, eighteen months after I released, we're all in this okay. But kind of in the middle of that, that same attorney um, took me on as a client. Wow! And so things got rolling from there. Yeah, so it was kind of exciting. And then um, Suzanne Jerva is the producer. She used to work for DreamWorks for a decade under Steven Spielberg, and um, you know, loved it. But you know. You and I were talking about this earlier. The um, restraints of a giant studio, uh, you know, are that. There's some great perks, but there's also also some restraints. And so for the, you know, past decade, she's now been an independent film and, you know, able to kind of work on what she wants to work on. And um, so she's finishing up some projects. And uh, my script, the final, uh, final, final tweaks have to be done at the end of the month. And uh, then they shop for talent. And they take it to the investors, and then it shoots uh, fall 2019. So you, as an independent, and and you and I talked about this with with so many wonderful independent authors out there, and independent books out there, and independent screenwriters, and independent directors. The the sky is the limit. And as with our books, as independent authors and musicians, we control everything. So as an independent screenwriter, director, producer, y'all will control things. You you don't have to farm it out to people that don't have the same vision as y'all do. Yes, and even as an independent uh, writer, and working on an independent film, I was still assigned a uh, writing, you know, someone who kind of helped me with the script and kind of checked off things. And um, it's so funny because you are so passionate about your work. At one point, I told Steven Beeler, he's an Atlanta filmmaker, that I would stab his eyes out with a fork at lunch, which isn't very ladylike. But, you know, you're so passionate when someone tries to change your uh-huh. film, my film is called um, Hashtag Fake Mom, and it's not a romantic comedy. There's some romance, but it's kind of like bridesmaids meets bad moms. And so the relationship that I want to grow in the film are between two different types of women, stay-at-home moms and working moms. It's not 
a traditional romantic comedy. And I felt like he kept trying to turn it into that. And that's when I said I was going to stab him. But then, you know, we were able to laugh about that and move on. And now he gets it. He's like, oh, now I get it. And so, but if I was in a room with a big studio, I wouldn't have been able to do that. They would have just Done gone. What they were they could have put, yeah, they could have put dinosaurs in my movie. Like, you don't know what they're going to do. So, but, you know, there, a lot of people get discovered by doing independent films and they go on to do giant films, which is fabulous. But to your point, this film is my baby. And I do, I am very protective over how I want it to be portrayed because I want it to be a certain way. I just have, I just see it. I just see it in my mind. And so um, I've had to learn to take criticism and take the feedback, write it down, sleep on it, and then look at it again. And then normally we meet someplace in the middle, you know, then I can come back and say, well, I think it's this or this. And so um, we have a great working relationship now, but to your point at first, I was like, what? (laughs) You want to do what with my screenplay? Yeah, what? And then a major thing that they wanted me to change, I fought tooth and nail, and finally I was like, oh, my oh my gosh, I'm not going to win this. So I changed it, and then lo and behold, six months later, guess what? They want me to change it back. And I was because like, they- remember when I told you that I shouldn't? You know what, what happens, sadly, what happens is, the vision somewhere gets lost in the translation or they are the the screen writers are so used to doing it the way they've been taught that they're afraid to think outside of the box well i don't know there is a lot of structure in film and um i really do believe in that i think it's like a novel certain things should happen in the first couple minutes certain things should have happened by the midpoint certain things you know we're okay. This is an American film. You know, there's no crazy surprise ending. It's, you know, a feel-good film. But um, outside of that, I think you're right as far as, like, my movie is not You've Got Mail. It's it's not. It's edgier than that. It's more of a bridesmaid's feel. It's a little dirtier. I mean, in a, in a fun way, in a very fun women-type dirtiness way, funny way. And um, so anyway, but it, it's great. I think that it's a, it is a collaborative thing. And you know what? I'm so lucky. I only have to work with one person on this script versus I wouldn't is in a studio. I'd be in a boardroom with 20 people probably. Oh, good. Can you imagine dealing no. with 20 screenwriters? Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? What all of them with a different opinion, and all of them just uh, know they're right. Exactly. And you know what? They I guess they're all right in their own way, but you have to protect your own work. But my, you know, my film is a comedy and so there's comedians in it and so you know that will take hold of itself too when you start doing you know these comedians are geniuses you know improv geniuses and so I I just want to give them on a silver platter a beautiful film that's very funny and structurally sound and I think it'll just get funnier and funnier with the input of these very talented actors and actresses which is fantastic that's what you want to happen is something you know spontaneous and organic and fun some of the funniest things on on you know on film have happened you know like when Harry met Sally yeah yes when 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 um Billy Crystal spit those grapes onto the window the seeds that was improv or 
Sally, you know, Meg Ryan in that movie when she's spraying the hairspray talking about, you know, whatever, that was improv. And it made that scene by Nora Ephron, the writer, you know, she's a genius, even better. And that's what I hope is going to happen with my film. And so I'm very flexible uh, and know it's going to continue to grow and change. But, um, you know, you don't want the premise of the film to change. Well, I tell you what, I am just so, so proud of you. Remember, I, I, I think we had this conversation where I said that, that things would happen with you, and that you're not the first person I've told that to. <laughs> because you have that passion, you have that drive, and in order to succeed in anything, Amy, you know this, and in order to succeed, you have to, one has to be driven to do it. And that's why many people give up. It's not that they fail. It's that they lose their drive. Mm-hmm. They lose their passion. They they lose the humor in what they do. You get told no a lot. You know, you're a creative person, too, and, you know, an author as well. So you get told no a lot. And um, some of it is I'm just naive. Like, I'm not in the film business. I'm a screenwriter, but I don't. I've only, I've been in a couple films as an actress and learned some things, but, you know, I don't really know that much about filmmaking. And so some things I didn't know. And so I went and did it. Like I've, you know, secured two partnerships with giant, very well-known companies in Atlanta and say, hey, I have this scene that's so funny. And, you know, the protagonist in my film is in the uh, publishing business. You know, so she's always trying to sell, you know, advertising. And so I needed clients for her. So why not have the, the a real client, you know, instead of making up a client, let's have a real client because the film, you know, is, is predominantly in Atlanta. It opens in New York City, but it, it's predominantly in Atlanta. So why don't we cast the best companies in Atlanta? And you know what? I begged and networked my way uh, to the, the, the media people and pitched to them. And they said, okay. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just this mom in my house and writing emails and saying, look at this scene. It's so funny. It will cast you in a favorable light, your company in a favorable light, Atlanta in a favorable light, in this very pro-female movie in a favorable light. Can we, you know, shoot in your space and use your use your logo? And, um, and you know what? We'll probably get, um, you know, on their social media. You know, that's a fun project for them. So then we get these you know, who knows where that will end up. So I'm very excited about that. And some of that is just like, I didn't know any better. I just started picking up the phone and calling. And you know what? I got a lot of no's. But then I got the yeses. So um, then I got a lot of yeses, yeah. And the same for like, I just had this feeling like Atlanta is the home of hip hop. You know, when you think of uh, Georgia, you also think of uh, country music. And you're you're not going to believe this. My husband's boss, uh, his name is Russ Still, and he is part of this great band called Russ Still and the Moonshiners. And they were like Georgia Band of the Year, Georgia Album of the Year a couple years ago. And wow. um, Yeah, and so I asked him, could he write some music for me? He said yes. Very exciting about that. He's a fantastic musician. He can do anything country. He can make it Bob Dylan. He can do really anything you want. But then I also wanted an element of hip-hop because Atlanta is a hip-hop central and um, a friend of mine, I was because I'm not tapped into the hip hop world. My kids like it, but I don't really know that much about it. And so my uh, friend of mine 
is tapped into it. And I said, I want a brand new artist, just like people have given me a chance as a brand new screenwriter. I want a brand new person that's worked in the studio, but they haven't got picked up yet. And it's all original work. I'm going to put them in my movie and I'm going to give them credit. And he gave me the list of, of a couple people. And I made this contact with this phenomenal artist. And I told him what I wanted. Like, this is the feeling of this, of this scene. You know, you know, like an like an opening scene over New York City, and then you know the the airplane then you know later lands in Atlanta, and Atlanta is the king of hip hop. What should that that sound be? And you know, I gave him four scenes, and he sent me these four amazingly diverse songs. And it's wow. just so exciting. And so he's you know he's excited about being featured in a film, and I'm excited to feature him. And like, who knows what will come out of that? But like. Um, that's been a blessing of this project that people that are older and wiser and more successful than I am have given me a chance and mentored me. And I feel like I want to pay that back. I want to highlight, you know, fantastic new talent in this movie, you know, some established talent, but also, you know, some recognizable names, but also some new talent and um, a lot of Atlanta talent. So um, and you know, anyway, I just you know think it's exciting. You know what's amazing, Amy, is, as as artists that we are, if we never ask the question, we're never going to know the answer. And the fact that you asked the questions and didn't stop with no, just kept on to you got a yes, shows how tenacious and how passionate you are. And it's a lesson to all those out there, whether they want to be garbage collectors, rocket scientists, or independent artists, don't ever take no for an answer. Right, you just gotta drum up a different, you know, go a different air, you know, go a different way. If you get told no, I get told no a lot. I mean, I'm I'm still getting told no, but um, I'm I'm ha- I'm I'm happy, and um, some exciting things have come out of this, and I just want to earn the right to work on another movie. I just want to earn the right to work on a a sitcom or something creative. I love writing dialogue, especially comedic dialogue, and um, be it a book or a the film or whatever, and um, the guy that I did the interviewer's film with, Sam Jurgens, um, you know, I just happened to get to know him on the set of the interviewers, and he's like, oh, you have a, a feature screenplay, you know, may I read it, and he read it, and he's like, oh my gosh, you're so funny, would you want to work on a couple projects with me, and I'm like, and that's what it's all about, that's all I want is the opportunity to work, you know, on stuff that I want to work on, so yeah, I just feel very blessed, and you know, I don't make any money, really. <laughs> Your yes. time will come. Yeah, exactly, t- you know, hopefully. You're, it I, will. I always tease my husband. You know, I tease my husband. I'm like, honey, I wrote another book. I'm going to make another 8 or $9. <laughs> <laughs> but By the thing time is, you pay for all the marketing. Yeah. But t- it will oh, come. It's it, it, yeah, it, even if it doesn't come. I mean, I mean it's like. When you say it will come, what does that what does that mean? Like you and I have both published books. That in itself is an accomplishment. You created yes. a podcast. I wrote a screenplay. Like you have to give yourself a little bit of like ninety nine percent of people want to write something and they they never make the time for it or they're too shy or they don't they they don't have confidence. So it's kind of like you pride and feel like I did it. I put it out there and I I did it and that's kind of exciting. 
And, and one of the things that I, I tell people when they say, Yvonne, I want to write a book, but I don't know how, my first question to them is this. Well, I, ha- I have two questions. The first question is, how bad do you want it? And they say, well, I want it really bad. So then my second question is, okay, let me ask you this. Do you expect to make a million bucks? And they say, oh, but of course. I say, well, get another line of employment. Oh, yeah. Because it's not going to happen. Well, Mm -mm. and then they come back, well, Stephen Stephen King did. and And I said, look, Stephen King's first novel went in the trash. It was only because his mm-hmm. wife pulled Carrie out of the trash and sent it off, and then it got rejected. That he's even where he yeah. is today. I, so, I know I love those stories like J.K. Rowling, you know, getting no, 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 and then even yeah. her first, um, even her first publishing deal took several years, almost a decade. Even mm-hmm. her first publishing deal with Harry Potter with a genius, she only got a hundred grand. She only exactly. got a hundred grand from from Harry Potter, and you know now she's a billionaire. But she, everybody starts somewhere, and you and people might be like a hundred grand. That's a lot of money, but look what it's really worth. I mean, that was worth. Oh and and also think about this: how much did she spend prior to making that hundred grand? Oh, and she was. This is very what people poor. don't understand: is is we market, we're on the road trying to drum up business, we're on the telephone, we're on social media, we're on the Internet, we buy our own marketing materials, we buy our own advertising. So in the big picture, yeah. how much did how much of that was actual profit based on all the expenditures she had prior to that? Plus For our time is one. worth something. Yeah. Oh yeah, and then you know, obviously, you know, it paid off. It paid off later, but you're you're absolutely right. There's a lot that goes into it, and I think sometimes creative people, especially writers, you know, they kind of snub me a little bit because I write essays, and you know, like a novelist, like a real novelist, some sometimes they feel like the 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 work is so good it will sell itself, and nah. that's that's a really tough thinking because there's. Seven million books on Amazon. Exactly. It's not going to sell itself. You, you're going to have to advertise. So it's. Um, but I, I'm sad because there's a lot of genius work out there, but somebody's just flat out not interested. They almost think it's beneath them. They don't like the marketing part of it. It's they hate it, but they don't realize that your day is you're spending just as much time marketing as you were writing. Actually, you're spending more. And what I also tell people that I interview is that we'll get to your product, but your product is not your brand. You are the brand. The the people that listen to the show want to know about you. They'll go find your product, but they want to know about you. Right, exactly. It's not a commercial. Mm -mm. Right. Yeah, you're right. And so people get confused on that. They just don't know. You know, they just don't know. And um, But if they thought about it, you know, if they thought about what they've purchased re- recently and how it was presented to them, they probably realized they fell in love with the story, not the, you know, the buy me, buy me, buy me. The the prime example, prime example, when when one hears the nationwide jingle, who do they think of? Well, which jingle? They think of Peyton Manning. And Brad Paisley. 
Which jingle? The nationwide jingle. Nationwide oh, the is nationwide, on your side. Nationwide. Yes, you do. Those commercials are funny. Mhm. They don't think of yeah. nationwide insurance. They think of Brad Paisley and Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning started mm-hmm. it. And then they brought yes. in that Brad Paisley. And yes. so that it's it's a marketing thing. And they, and they, right. And then you can't just have a commercial that says yes with the Geico guy. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. The Geico. And and the the, mm-hmm. the progressive insurance they think of flow. The yeah. um, the Subaru commercials with the dogs. Yes, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right because no, I mean a successful ad campaign is not buy buy buy. It, right. it isn't telling them the you know the product features and benefits. It's it's creating a feeling. Right, an atmosphere, yes. an ambiance, mm-hmm. a hook, so to speak. Yes. Yes, exactly. That's the hardest mm-hmm. thing to teach artists that don't have a marketing manager is how to market because they don't understand that it's not the product, it's the person. Yeah, you you buy because you're moved by the story. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I believe I I I believe that, but I was, you know, I was in sales for 15 years and you know, um I was a recruiter and so you literally were selling people, right? We're that's huh? what we're doing. We're, we're, you know, marketing Java developers or a CPA or whatever. And um, you learn very quickly. You weren't going to sell anything by saying our staffing company's been in business for 50 years. They they don't care. They want to uh-huh. know. Um, hey, I've got the CPA. He's worked at the Big Four. You know, he just moved to Atlanta because his wife's a doctor. He's got phenomenal references. Like they'll call you back on that because that's Absolutely. that's what they need. They yeah, versus You know who was brilliant know. at doing that? And and this is where oh. I learned how to make this show successful. Johnny Carson. Oh, Johnny Carson. If and he you watch Yes. And if you watch some mm-hmm. of his old shows, when he would bring out an unknown, whether it was an artist, whether it was a movie celebrity, whatever it was, when mm-hmm. he would bring out an unknown more times than not, his cue cards would be tossed over his shoulders because they literally just totally went off the script. And when that person came back on six months, a year down the road, they were so well-known, they had been filmed, they had released new albums, they would written more books, all because Johnny Carson talked with them, not at them about them. Pulled yeah. out things nobody else would ever pull out. interest in them. Yes, you're exactly. right. He saw what was um, shining in them. I just watched, it's so funny you said that, because I watched two clips of Johnny Carson recently. One was Ellen DeGeneres, where he discovered her, and she mm-hmm. just loved her material, and it was so fresh, and they had that conversation absolutely launched her career. And then I saw another show, and it was um, Roger Ebert, Yep. on the show, and at the same time, Chevy Chase. So they interviewed Chevy Chase. So, you know, Chevy Chase is sitting in, like, the second chair, and then they interviewed Roger Ebert 
and he was sitting in another chair, and they, he, he asked Roger Ebert what he thought about Chevy Chase's new movie, which I think was The Three Amigos, and, Chevy, and Roger Ebert said he didn't like the movie, and he kind of went into it of why he didn't like it. And Johnny Carson stopped, and he said, I, I would have not asked that question if I knew you were going to answer that way. And he was so sincere of, like, he, he, it was it was so inappropriate, even if you're a movie reviewer, to say something like that right in front of the actor that was promoting the film. Like, four seconds ago, Chevy Chase was promoting a film, and now he's tearing the film down. And, you know, he could have said something, well, you'll have to wait to see, you know, what I'm going to say, or, gosh, I just if Chevy Chase chases in a film, you know, there's sunny moments or whatever, you know, he could have been more gracious. I thought it was so, so sweet of Johnny Carson to say that. And he meant it. He said, if I, he said, sincerely, if I knew we were going to say that about Chevy's film, I, I wouldn't have asked you that question. It was, and Chevy Chase just took it in stride and, you know, rolled with it, but it was so awkward. But yeah, he was a genius <laughs> at that, wasn't he? He was a genius. And I and like the kind what? people. Guess what? We're a genius at our show because we're almost at the end of our show. Oh, my gosh. How can the time go so fast? Because we're so good at what we do. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the folks, my darling friend, where you can be found, where your books can be found, so they can hook up with you. And will you come back? Oh, my gosh. Please let me come back. I'd love to come back if you'll let me when my film of course. is releasing because then I'll know more. I don't know that much about filmmaking, so we'll, I'll share with you the nitty-gritty what happens yeah. in making a well, film. Well, stay in contact with me and let me know the, as the process goes, and when you want to come back, I'll get you back on. No problem. But tell the folks where you can be found now before oh, we get cut off. Okay, The Book of Failures and We're All a Mess Okay, available in some Barnes & Nobles, the paperback, uh, Barnes & Noble stores, also on Amazon and a paperback uh, audiobook and ebook. And uh, my website is www.amylyle.me, amylyle.com mistaken. And my Facebook page is amylyle.me. And my Twitter and uh, what's the other one that everybody's on? Instagram is author Amy Lyle, and Twitter is just Amy Lyle. So love for people to reach out with their funny failures. Uh, Yeah. So send her, ladies and gentlemen, hook up with Amy. And give her some of your funny failures, and who knows, you might appear in one of her books or even in a movie. You don't ever know with Amy. That's, right. That's the kind of girl she is. I know, is. and if they read my book, I bet they, if they read my book, they're going to be like, oh, my gosh, just like you did. You're like, oh, my gosh, you're telling that funny story about a dog? I have a funny story about a dog, or I have a funny it, dating story. There yeah. you go. You heard it first here, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen. Tomorrow night we will be <laughs> off. On Saturday night, author Mark Levine will be with us. Let's as you all know, ladies and gentlemen, we're all on a journey. And while we're on that journey, let us be kind to others because they are also on a journey. And sometimes their journeys might not be very pleasant. So just smile. Be kind. And if you want to achieve greatness, do like me and Amy. Do not ask permission. Just go out and achieve greatness. <laughs> and and do the same with your children because they are great. Let them be Mm-hmm. Encourage them to be great. They don't have to ask permission either. So once again, Amy, thank you, my darling. Don't hang up when the show goes dark. Thank you for spending an hour with me, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for allowing us in your in your hearts and homes for an hour. We will see you again 
Saturday night at 9 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time here on Off the Chain. I am your host, Yvonne Mason, with author Amy Lyle. Check out her books. They will make, make you just fall down laughing, I promise you. Until Saturday night at 9 o'clock Eastern Time, um, we are going to wish you all a very good evening. Be safe out there because there are crazies out there, and, and who knows what they will do. They like to run over us all down here in South Florida. So until Saturday night, we wish you all a good night. Be safe, be happy, and love one another. Okay, we're off the air now, and my dog is playing with the puppy. I have a new Frenchie, and uh, <laughs> a Maltese is aggravating the Frenchie. He's eight, the Maltese is eight years old. The Frenchie's a baby, and it, 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 I guess they've all had brain cramps. But... um. Everything we say will show up in the archive part of the show, but I did want to tell you that when this thing goes up in archives, when we get off, I'm going to put it on your page. I'm going to put it on my page and tag you in it. Take it and post it everywhere. I will. I'll put it on all my social media. And thank you. It's so and nice to get caught up. I'm, t- I'm telling you, we'll have more to get caught up with when you come back on. And also, t- tomorrow, I've got a bunch of shows I've got to put up in the other in the other podcast. But when I put it up on uh, Spreaker and SoundCloud, podcast.com and Podcast Garden, I will also tag you in those links as well for you to share um, with your social media. Yeah, because people have a real preference, don't they? Like some people love yeah, they do. Podbean. Some people, yeah, they're real iHeartRadio. Some people are, if they don't see it in the one that they like, they won't listen to it. Well, I have two on um, iHeartRadio. I have Southern Chats with Yvonne Mason, and I have Off the Chain. So um, between the two of them, we're up to um, almost – Ten thousand listeners. Nice. That's I, and I saw that you um, your website looks beautiful. It looks like you did some changes or upgraded or did something. It's very nice and uh, easy to navigate around. It's really pretty. Yeah, I've been working on that. I've been working on several. Of I have so many different websites. It's it's hysterical. I got to work on my. Um, <laughs> I have to work on my book website too because it's. It needs a facelift. I haven't done anything with it in several years. And, of course, with Jack being sick, I didn't do anything towards the end but look after him. But You know what I did recently? A friend suggested, she suggested putting on my book website or just my general website a media page where if somebody uh, wants to pull pictures, like you post pictures or your your book covers or whatever on there and maybe some quotes or reviews or whatever and a synopsis and it's like it's just there it's right there so if somebody a media person runs across your website they have um a lot of information to get started or if they wanted to feature you or give you a shout out they had some material right there and i thought that was kind of clever i didn't think of it my neighbor thought of it she works in that's pr a, that's a good so idea I don't, I don't know if it's that's- worked but it doesn't cost anything to put it on there, so I put it on there. Yeah, just add it. Sounds like a plan yeah, to me. Yeah, just add it. Yeah, well, so will you tell your family, you, you know. Will you tell your family, thank you very much for sparing you for an hour to spend with me and that I appreciate it very, very much. I'm very humbled and appreciative. And um, now they're playing, the crazy dogs. And keep me updated on um, what's going on with the film 
I will. So that we can get you back on and and keep we can bring you on several times so that we can keep um keep the folks updated and keep things going and um keep um um and then when it gets ready to launch, we'll have a launch party. I'm trying to get my words out. I can't get my words out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that works. I don't know if there's like I don't know how that works because I'm not in the phone business. But um, I will share with you everything I know. Hopefully, we'll have you know I'm envisioning like some kind of red carpet affair. That's what I'm envisioning, but I don't really know if that happens. <laughs> that I don't know if it's kind of like that, hey, we sold that would be so cool. I don't know. That would be so cool. Yeah, I think my I think my home. My little, my county that I live in, well, it's not little, it's fairly large, but I think my county that I live in would would be very gracious and generous to let me do some kind of, you know, opening night kind of thing. I think they would. They're very good to me of, here, so. Of course they would, because that's revenue I, for them. I think so. And yeah, because, I think it'd be fun. And because Georgia is so film-oriented, oh, yeah, I see it happening. I might even have to make a trip to Georgia myself. Yeah. You should. You should be in in there. All are welcome. I need a lot of extras. <laughs> there you go. See. <laughs> I cannot wait to share with you the big companies and who is going to be a cameo. It's a very, very, very famous person from Atlanta, but I can't know to say yet because they haven't signed off. But um, I'm meeting with them February sixth, so I'm so excited. I mean, like big. Oh well, well when they sign deal. off, we have to bring you back on. We have to we have to do some name dropping. <laughs> Exactly. I've never so gotten. Fun. I've never had a name to drop, so I'm going to be so. I don't know anyone, <laughs> so this is the so only it, name I can drop. <laughs> well, there you go. We'll do some name dropping, mm-hmm. and we'll revel in your success, and we'll promote the daylight <laughs> out of it, so that it'll win some awards. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. And I'm so it, lucky to be surrounded with people that do know how to do that. You know, I just have to worry about the writing, and they worry about. Everything else, that's 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 our agreement, and I I really trust and them. It, I trust I I think that's important. You're working with people that you trust because I think there's a lot of shady stuff that goes on out there. Yeah, there is more than people realize, mm-hmm. and things will happen, yes. my darling friend. Things will happen. Well, have a lovely evening, and it's always lovely to, lovely to speak with you. And I will will keep in touch via Facebook. But have a lovely night, and I'm so. I'm so glad I was to hear, you know, what you're doing with your, your with your grieving. It's so it's so beautiful and positive and gracious. And I know you have good days and bad days, but boy, you are an inspiration for people that are going through a rough patch because there's there's other things to do besides crying the bathtub. There are some things that you can do besides that, and you are doing them. That is beautiful. very very true. And I guess I. You know, they say if one person calls you a jackass, you can ignore it. If two call you a jackass, you might want to think about it. When that third person calls you a jackass, well, <laughs> pretty much a jackass. Well, you're about the tenth person that has said that very same thing to me, and that is so humbling. And and I'm so appreciative because I did not realize what an impact the journey had on people. And on, oh, it's really on, on more than one show – People of City Von, we followed your journey. We followed mm, yes. you with the death of Jack and his illness, and it's such an inspiration. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking yes. he's still touching lives. Yes, and it's not 
that every day is rosy and every day is wonderful. That's that's not what you said. It's not easy. It is heartbreaking. Your heart is broken, and you are and dealing with your grief, and you're you are doing stuff every day to help you to move on with your life. And so it's it's beautiful. It's it's not an and or or. It's not I'm going to be grief stricken or I'm going to move on. You are. This is how you are dealing with your grief, and it's uh-huh. just um. It's really it, it an inspiration. So I'm so happy. I re- well, and he would be really mad at me because he made me promise mm-hmm. that I would continue living if it had been left up to me. I never would leave my house. I would close down the show. I quit right. I do all the things that he didn't want me to do. And so I promised him that I would continue in the Senate. I would continue writing. I would continue the show. I would start going to events again. And I would do those things that I couldn't do because. He was my total focus, and I did it with love. Yes. And so now we're doing it. My other, my heart's not with me, but I'm doing it because he asked me to. Well, good. Well, you know, it takes time. It, it's not been very long. It's not been very long. No, it's only been and for a possibly, little over three like, months. Right. And so, you know, grief. Uh, sometimes just whacks you over the head, doesn't it? You're driving in it your does. car and you hear a song and you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sad. You know, it just grief comes and goes. And that's fine. That's healthy. You're, I, I think you're exactly where you're supposed to be with this. I mean, my goodness, it's only been, you know. Well, thank you, so. darling. I appreciate that so much. Well, you're welcome. Yeah. And have a lovely, lovely evening. You too. And I'm going to tell you, if, if it has been – my life has been made – much more bearable because I have my friends like you that surround me. Isn't that the truth? You can't pick your family, but you can pick your friends. I mean, not that I have anything wrong with my family. Like I really have, I'm so like you are, so blessed to have people that are lifter uppers of women and mm-hmm. other people. So nice. And it, and it 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 makes a big difference because if I'm if I'm having a bad day. I can, I can, and I don't have to bemoan it for hours and do three pages worth of posts, just a short sentence or a short something, and and people will say, we're here, we're just, we're here, we're praying, we're thinking about you, and that's all it takes. Yes. Yes. You are not alone. Thank you. Thank you for that. You're welcome. So let me know how things go. Let's stay in touch closely because once this thing starts rolling my darling it's going to roll out fast <laughs> i don't know i hope i hope so but i sure am trust having a good time me. i'm learning a lot and it's fun well trust I can't me wait. on this what? i mean this i read this film yvonne and it, it's like i just laugh i mean yesterday i was on a conference call with uh steven the, the you know editor and um advisor i don't know what he is he's super nice but anyway and i was laughing like out loud and i'm like this is so funny like i've read this movie a thousand times and i still think it's funny like that's funny if you read something a thousand times and you still think it's funny Uh (laughs) i mean i'm like i think this is going to be good and he's like i think it's going to be good too so and once it starts once once all of the, the 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 cogs and the wheels start turning and all the mechanisms get into place it's just going to start rolling downhill like a runaway snowball, and you're going to be going, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness, and just go and with I it. I will remember everybody that helped me when I was 
nobody knew my name. That's for sure. There you, there you go. <laughs> you know? I love you, my darling. Stay in touch. I love so you we too. Can do Have this a good thing. night. Okay. All right, sweetheart. Bye-bye.